You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. Yes, this is Motormania, and I am Damien Reed, and uh, I'm joined in the studio by uh, Noel Ebden. Oh, certainly, the Sanjato is missing. He's gone. Yeah, we all made it in, and what <laughs> happens? But we will let him off because but absolutely, he's 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 put in a mega effort to get yeah. this uh, this Miller Millie event happening. So, uh, Imp the Shan, you're having a day off, and it's your birthday, Imp the Shan. Happy Just going to tell the whole world oh, that happy yes. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let him this. off this once. Yeah, yeah for sure. Look, <laughs> we, we've we've spent most of this week being surrounded by uh, some amazing classic cars. I drove through every Emirate. Everyone. Yep. What an experience that was. Oh, I know. I'm I'm still still trying to process it all. As I think you and I were saying uh, on dur- during the actual drive was that there's just almost too much to look at. Yeah, and, and you start yeah. ignoring like Goldwing SLs driving past you, and uh, and <laughs> fancy like the, in the most amazing classic exotica you could see, and it's just like, oh my god! You and know, that was only yeah. on day two. I'm going, oh, I can't take any more video. There's there's just so much yeah. to take in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, now, what we're talking about, of course, is the Milamilia. Um, now, what what the, for those who don't know what the Milamilia is? It's a classic car rally that all the other classic car rallies in the world are based on. Uh, it was it was originally run. When there was a run at a time when winning this was actually more prestigious than winning a Formula One Grand Prix. It originated in Italy in 1927. Enzo Ferrari would was he put his priority on winning the Mille Miglia over a Grand Prix back then. That's why we have models like the 375MM, MM standing for Mille Miglia. Um, it was a street race for, that started in Rome, went to Brescia, back to Rome on open roads. And uh, so the roads weren't closed to, to anyone. And it ran as a proper race like that up until 1957. The race record still stands, of course. And that was set by Sterling Moss in a 300 SLR Mercedes. 10 hours, 55 minutes. That's crazy. On public roads. Yeah. Tractors Which were still closed. out there. No, tractors yeah. out there, traffic lights, the whole thing. 1,600 kilometres in, in under 11 hours. He and Dennis Jenkinson. Uh, did that. They actually that rally and that event. They actually invented the pace note for that. The pace note was invented from that event. Dennis, oh, wow. Jen, okay. Dennis Jenkinson decided to, to to get the notes and put them together between two uh, two toilet rolls mm. in a box with a with a, pla- uh, a glass screen on top and uh, and handles. That's how the pace note system oh, started. So, that's a good um, bit of trivia. Where did you dig that up? There from? you go. Oh, it's, it's stuck away in here. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, so it, it, it was then resurrected. Obviously, you can't have a race like that in these days. So it was resurrected in the 1980s as the event that we know now, which is more about navigation and trials rather than speed. So, uh, and then for the very first time, it's moved out of Italy, came here to the UAE. Uh, and as we said, it covered all seven Emirates. We went to Dubai, Fujairah, Alain, Ajman, Umulkwain, Sharjah. Finishing at the Yas Marina Circuit in Abu Dhabi and at the uh, the Emirates Palace, um, and also a special thanks to the fantastic support of the police authorities in each of those Emirates. Uh, we even got to close down Jebel Jace yep. um, for a spirited run up the mountain as a special treat for a lucky few in some unbelievably expensive cars. So uh, incredible stuff, Noel. I mean, yeah. just just a lifetime of memories. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because you. When you say to people, you know, we're not going fast, we're not, uh, you know, driving like crazy or anything like that, you think people, you can see people thinking, well, would it be actually be fun? But it is. You're actually sort of, you know, you're trying to find your way down all these roads that I've never been on before. I mean, I've been here, you know, yeah. very, very long time in the UAE, yeah. and I went down roads that I've never seen before. Um, and that's that, that was the fun of it, wasn't it? And seeing and just sharing those. Um, 
you know, the, those roads with, I mean, pinch yourself moments when I was, we were in a convoy of four Ferraris at one point. I mean, <laughs> that was, uh, that was pretty good going. So, yeah. Remarkable stuff. Quite the adventure. Noel and I shared the, shared the car. Even the Sham was one of the organisers. Uh, but here's a little bit of what happened. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reid. Noel Ebden, we're, um, Somewhere between Fujera and Jebel Jace now, we just climbed this magnificent mountain. Our Porsche 356 is just pulling behind us. We're sta- you're standing in front of a 300 SL convertible. Uh, there's the Pope's car over in the corner. <laughs> what a sensational run this morning so far. You couldn't make this up, could you? I- I've never followed a Pope's car before. This is a first for me. So, uh, And we just followed a Morgan Aero 8 up the mountain and saw a 250 Testarossa coming down the mountain. I mean, you, again, I mean, if you're into your classic cars, this is, this is the event, isn't it? And this is a beautiful... Uh, 911 going past us as well in, yeah. in kind of grass green I'm not quite sure what colour that is but yeah in the true spirit of, of the team Motomania we've not only got Imtashan Giado our own Imtashan who's one of the organisers putting us together you and I are sharing a car but now we're sharing the Motomania car the Ferrari 348 TS that, uh, that substituted late last night so uh, this, this is your baby it is, yeah, and I, I must admit, I never thought it would be on the Mille Miglia, but uh, yeah, we've uh, we, we I dashed back to Dubai last night and picked up my own car and brought it back because uh, we've had some some issues. Let's leave it at that, shall we? Uh, classic, it's been classic carring, yes, and uh, and of course these cars are, are old and they do get temperamental at times, and we had some heating issues with our beautiful Jaguar, but we've now got the Ferrari and we're going up in that, and we we're starting off in the Corvette Stingray that had similar issues the other day. So three from three, but this is what classic carring is all about. Otherwise, we would be just in a brand new car, wouldn't we? Exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, anyone can jump in a you know, a Toyota Land Cruiser or a Yaris or whatever and do this, but, you know, you, if you do it in a car like this, there's challenges, you know, and you, uh, they're fun, you know, but they're also, they have their quirks, let's put it that way. Classic cars. Well, I'm just listening to the, the, that 64 Lincoln Continental, which is, there we go, which is the car that was the, the Pope, Joe Pope's car, it's had its own issues because we're a long way up here. We're quite, quite high up the mountains and it, it had its hood up, it's cooling down, it's getting its breath back together. Uh, but I'll tell you what, let's go and grab a coffee and we'll carry this one on. Brilliant. Coffee sounds good to me after all that driving. <laughs> this is Motor Mania with Damien Reed On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Enjoying the oral delights of a Ferrari 348 TS here in the uh, the Fajera Hills, we're about to head through the tunnel. Of course, the rule is Noel Ebden is that when you go through a tunnel in a Ferrari, the roof is already off, the window is down. So uh, this is what you do. <laughs> That's the sound of the Mille Miglia in the UAE. And uh, believe it or not, we're still under the speed limit, amazingly, but that's what you do when you can drop it back to second gear and give it a little punch. <laughs> um, some memorable sounds there. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> laughing about that now. That was so funny. Uh, I think that other car, that uh, I think a Camry went past us just before we did that, and yeah. he's probably still wondering what on earth yeah. was going on. <laughs> that was brilliant. Now, how we got to that situation, we started off in a, uh, a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette Stingray mm-hmm. that had its own issues, classic mm-hmm. car issues, before the start of the event. We then jumped into the beautiful Jaguar E-Type. Which was lovely. And, um, and, and we hadn't driven an E-Type type before either no us. no manual 4.2 letter uh, and a massive thanks to Tamini too for, for, for loaning us those cars yep. they did an amazing job they supplied a lot of cars for this event for mm. people who didn't have them and uh, we're indebted to, to Miguel and the team fantastic work but it was so hot out there unseasonably warm weather 
a lot of cars you know fell by the wayside because that's what classic cars do and the, and the jaguar was one who was uh, was was um it was a hot day for an englishman yeah it uh, was yeah so let's put it that way <laughs> so then uh, we went to the Hatterfort hotel yep you got a lift back to your house to pick up the uh, the, the Ferrari, mm. but you had your own troubles getting back home, correct? <laughs> well, the hotel car was actually had uh, had technical issues, bizarrely, which is, I mean, that was three in a row by then. I was starting to wonder, uh, maybe I should just go home. But the, uh, <laughs> uh, I managed to get a lift back in their laundry car, yeah. so which yeah. it kind of added to the whole story, I guess. But uh, And I managed to get back about five o'clock. And then, of course, it's rush hour. And so I jumped in my car and I needed to get to the uh, back to Fajera uh, for the dinner before the rush hour traffic descended. So, uh, yeah, that was a I think a I think you needed a trophy just for the, the commitment that oh, you showed yeah. by, uh, by, by <laughs> ending up in a pile of washing. Absolutely. <laughs> from, yeah, from yeah. The Hatter, and thanks again to the Hatterford Hotel for supplying yeah, the laundry van to sa- yeah, that yeah. saved our rally. <laughs> uh, so we, we mentioned the Pope's Lincoln. Um, this is a car that was, yeah, we're going to hear from a moment. So we spoke to his co-driver, Mohammed Lukman Ali Khan, uh, who works for India car collector Johan Punawala. And uh, this was the car that belonged to Pope Paul IV. It was custom-made for him when he visited India. Uh, it's what we call the, the Pope-mobile. Uh, so I asked Mohammed uh, to tell us a little bit more about this very special car. That's a 64 Continental, as you can see. Uh, this was specially made for the Pope. When the Pope was visiting India in 1964, they wanted something open in which the crowd could see. So we have got newspaper headings, which I'll share with you in due course, which says uh, a million people saw the Pope in this car in one day in Bombay. So I'll just uh, quickly show you. You can see the special made road. So you've got the special handlebars to stand up on in the back seat. That's right. And you'd have the man here waving at the crowds. Uh, so the Pope used it, and you know it was brought in for him, brand new from the US. Before his departure, he gave it to Mother Teresa. She had it for a very little while, for the selfless person she was. She auctioned it off, and that's how it came on the market. And then Mr. Punawala himself, he took he took the car, and uh, this is how he keeps it in top shape. You see the five tires? They've literally been imported just a couple of days before the show. From really? The yeah. So, yeah. And that's how particular he, he is, that he wants a, a white wall. Can you see that? Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. so does this car see daylight very often? Or? It does go to a lot of shows. It at quite a few events, quite yeah. a few events, yes. The, the car lives in India, is that correct? It does. It lives in Pune, yeah. and after the show, it will be heading back to India. There's a big show in January, which is happening in India, for one of some of the world's finest cars are going. It's called 21 Gun Salute Concours, so that's where it, this will be going in, in the first week of Jan. It will be there. Yeah, so that was Mohammed Lukman Ali Khan uh, telling us about that uh, that car that belonged to Pope Paul IV. It was then uh, gifted to Mother Teresa, who then uh, auctioned it. And uh, that's how it ended up in the in the event. So a very very special car, and we did have that bizarre moment, didn't we? Noel? We're, we're we're barreling along down a down a motorway in your Ferrari, saying we're having a race right now, or kind of a race. We're we're driving spiritedly with the Pope Mobile and a Measure Schmidt. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a rather odd moment in my life. I must admit, I kept looking in my mirror. I felt it was hunting me. It was like yeah. always in my mirror wherever I looked, and uh, and then we went past the. Crazy guys in the Messerschmitt. Yeah. And it was uh, the fastest, I think, that Popemobile's ever gone, considering their average speed. Um, now, also, we spoke to, we caught up to with a great friend of mine, uh, Marwan Al-Sakal, the former executive chairman of Shirook, the that's the Sharjah Investment and Development Authority, who's now an advisor and a consultant to the Mila Milia with his new company. And he is a proper, genuine, classic car enthusiast. He was driving a spectacular car, uh, a prototype Porsche Gimbala, 
um, that is uh, still being developed and is going to be on the market soon. This is what he said about this very special Porsche. I'm so proud to be, to be driving the Marcian by Mark Philip Gambala. It's a tuned up 911 Turbo S that uh, Mark himself came up with an idea of making an S, uh, a car that you can drive wherever you want, in the desert, in the mountains, participating in a rally. A fully body made by, made uh, made through carbon fiber, tuned up by roof, uh, suspension by KW, and you have that inspiration of a 959 uh, Porsche. We love it. We love participating here, and I think people like like Mark Philip Gambala are. I think they're going to make uh, future history uh, for the automotive world. I would say. It's quite topical because last week we saw the the Dakar being launched by Porsche, yes. which is a homage to their 959 that they raced in the Dakar, raced in the Faroes Rally, uh, won the Faroes Rally, and this is kind of beefed up, muscled up version of that, correct? Uh, exactly. Well, Mark has been working on it for several years. Everybody was saying, you know, why don't we have a 911 that has the all terrain? You know, you can drive it off road, and then we saw the the, the launch of the Mark Philip Gambala Marcian. And then we saw the 911 coming up, the Porsche coming up with the Dakar. So I think we're all going toward the right trend, which is having something that you can drive everywhere, anywhere, and especially for a place like the Emirates, where you have mountains, when you have desert, you don't want to be limited to a certain surface to drive on. So this is just a great example. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, Marwan, how have you seen the, the, the car culture change? I mean, this to me is absolutely sensational. Cars are with German plates, uh, Indian plates, Italian plates. I mean, it's all here in our backyard. This is just a, a dream coming true, is having, first of all, the Mille Millia here, having the culture of people accepting to see classic cars on the road, uh, iconic cars on the road. This is dramatically changed. You see a car that is uh, one-off, a person sitting behind each other yeah. and driving on a whole rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and having more than 10 Mercedes SL coming all the way from all around the globe and having participants from all around the globe coming here to Dubai. Uh, this is just fascinating. Yeah, so that was uh, Marwan Al-Sakal. He is one of the great classic car enthusiasts of the region. Um, he has a nice collection of cars himself, but he was in his Gambala. And I love the fact, Noel, that when he pulled into the garage, the car was covered in sand. He just found a dune somewhere and just decided to go into it and see what it's like in the dunes. Yeah, I actually saw him coming back out of the dunes and uh, it was like, hang on, that's not part of the route. Where's yeah. he been? And he'd, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was filthy at the end of it, but uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. There we go. So that was uh, Moan Al Sakal. There's more about from our Miller Millia adventure in just a few moments. I'm Damien Reed, and this is Motormania. This is Motormania on Dubai I 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Yes, welcome back to Motormania. I'm Damien Reed, and I'm in the studio with uh, Noel Ebden. No, the Shangiato this morning, and totally understandable. He's the he was uh, one of the organisers behind this big event, the Mila Milia, and uh, it's his birthday, so we're giving him the morning off. Noel, that's a double whammy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's a good excuse. All it right, is. We'll the, let him off. Yeah. <laughs> it is the most beautiful race <laughs> in the world, um, and I can now vouch for that. Having seen the cars here, it's phenomenal stuff. Originated in Italy, imported to the UAE. Uh, now we were told there was about a hundred. There were hundred classic cars yep. that were valued in the vicinity of. 550 million dirhams. Was that the figure? I was trying to add it up myself. 150 yeah. wow, US dollars. That's crazy. Uh, just two Ferraris alone were uh, were 20 million dollars each. Mm. The beautiful 1961 TR mm. that was co-driven by uh, by Seb Rosner and uh, 10 Goldwing Mercedes. I mean, I didn't know there were 10 left in the world, but yeah. they're here. One was actually uh, driven by uh, a former executive of, of, of Daimler, the, the the Mexican car that ran in the career of Panamericana, I yep, think. So yep. provenance with that car as well. Um, incredible stuff. So, yeah, and this is the great thing about the Mille Million, isn't it, is you get to rub shoulders with really big people, but 
they're just calf enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, we were chatting with pretty much any uh, every stop. You could just talk to anybody, and they'd be like really enthused, really happy, enjoying themselves. I mean, it's that it's that shared love of of a particular sport, isn't it? I'm sure it happens yeah. with other other sports as well. But yeah. in this case, classic cars, and you could just talk to anybody. There was no airs and graces, no barriers, nothing. It was no. open. Yeah. Well, one of the guys we caught up with was uh, Shehab Gakesh, uh, who, was, of course, is the managing director and group CEO of the Gagash Group. Think Mercedes-Benz, Alfa Romeo in the region. That's where you go to. Um, he loves his cars, and he was driving one of his classics. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a 280SC 3.5 Mercedes yep. convertible. And he looked very comfortable in it, by he the way. He did yeah. look comfortable indeed. Uh, but also, too, what a lot of people don't know is he graciously lent quite a few of his own collection to the event as well. Um, and he was responsible for the uh, the emergency pickup uh, for, for a lot of cars as well. So he also did the Italian Mille Miglia earlier this year. Like I said, proper car enthusiast. So it was an absolute delight to catch up with Mr. Gargash at uh, one of our Adnoc uh, stations. Getting the Mille Miglia out here from Italy, dubbed the most beautiful race in the world, and it truly is. So it's great to have it here. Yeah. Now, you went actually over and did the Italian Mille Miglia, the original. I did that one many, many years ago. Best three or four days of my life. Fantastic. Until, until this week. How does that compare racing from Brescia and uh, compared to racing here? I think the beauty of the race, regardless of your surroundings, I think is very comparable. You're seeing the country, whether you're in Italy or in the UAE, you are doing it in beautiful cars, you're doing it with beautiful people, and these are four days that I think are really as precious as can be, whether you're in Italy, whether you're here, or indeed if this is organized anywhere else in the world. Yeah, so that was Mr. Shihab Gargash, Managing Director and Group CEO of the Gargash Group. A uh, wonderful man and a great car enthusiast. But there were lots of big international names at this event. Um, and I was very happy that we bumped into some of the veterans of world motorsport. So I'm here with uh, Jochen Massaman. I was very fortunate enough to, uh, to share the Porsche 911 in the prologue in earlier in February. You're now here in this beautiful 300 SL Goldwing, a car that you're very familiar with. Tell me how the day has gone so far, or the, the, the event so far. I had a much prettier co-pilot than then in the Porsche. <laughs> you have a much prettier co-pilot now than me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's going good. It's, uh, you know, if you've got a mile um, speedo to convert it all into kilometers quickly and the right thing, that's a bit too cumbersome. So we don't do that. So we don't. We will not win overall. That's that was my mistake in February, right? I couldn't. I couldn't do the numbers between miles and kilometers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, you have to be prepared in a different way. You need good equipment, and you need um, the counters, you know, for for the for your trip masters and so on. That you need, yeah. and uh, if you don't have it, it's difficult, especially with the challenges as they are. Yeah. You know, average speeds and things like that so do you enjoy being back behind the wheel of the, the goldwing i know you're, you're one of the very very few people apart from say sterling moss who have driven 722 the famous Miller Miller 300 slr yeah. do you enjoy being back behind the wheel of, of of this goldwing well i mean it's a complete different world in cars the 722 is such an iconic the slr and uh, yeah, i drove the Fangio's car the 658 and the 704 and they have slightly slight differences they have the brakes inside, forward of the engine, so they have a longer wheelbase because the brake shafts have to be in a straight line down to the to the wheel instead of angling back. So we didn't want that. Oh, that wasn't really very very clever if they would have done it like that. But they, so they did it right. So we have different. So accordingly, the handling of the cars are slightly different. I must say, the Sterling Moss car is a little easier. 
in, uh, in the fast corners, while Fangio's car is slightly more twitchy. And uh, obviously, but he liked it like that. He wanted. Is that because of a driver's setup or just the way the cars came? No, it's the way the cars came, of course. You know, with his brake arrangement, but the brakes are fantastic and so on. So it's quite a marvel when you can drive the two cars different. And you ask the mechanics, I said, What's different? They said, No, they're the same. Of course, they're not. And often they don't even know some of them. So anyway, unbelievable insight. You, you, you're, you're the first person I've ever spoken to who's driven both Fangio and Moss's cars. So right. an amazing insight. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is uh, very interesting and so on. But um, you know, I, I'm sort of more from the from the feeling. I'm of the same era, so um, nothing too surprising in that. Jackie X, thanks for joining us this morning uh, for Motormania. Tell me about your experience so far. Honestly, I spent the last three weeks in the Emirates. We are at this um, Chopin Mille Miglia first edition, and I just said, what a nice atmosphere. Because you see, it's not only uh, the regularity, the competition of being first on uh, the overall or in class, but also it's a fantastic opportunity to discover the country. I, uh, I met you before we, we at the Chopard Rally a couple of years ago in, at the Burj, Burj Khalifa in Dubai. What is it about the classic car scene that's perhaps different to, to, to Europe and other places? I think uh, the difference is probably that uh, the fact that the owner, the collectors and also the spectators who admire this vintage car because some of them are really old. It's the soul. They share the same passion for these cars, the noise, the colors, and it's terribly attractive. And when I say it's a community of people sharing their passion, coming from different places, different countries, it's totally exceptional in this world where you have to admit things are not always working well, that's the minimum at least you can say. Yes, the atmosphere is just unique and the opportunity to discover unknown place for us is just a, a dream. Yeah. Now you're driving this beautiful, uh, this, this 911, it's, it's almost like a safari spec, isn't it? Do, do you know much about uh, this car? They've, they've well, no, or? there is not much to say except that it belongs to a passionate uh, Lebanese, so it's called Rafael Assad. He modified the car to uh, rise it a little bit. He put his own way of seeing the car itself, so he did some modification. The color and the car are attractive. For yeah. a car, it's uh, from 1968, with already a quite long life, yes. Uh, for those who love the <laughs> Porsches, it's just perfect. Yeah, I still get chills. That was uh, Jochen Mass and, uh, and Jackie X. Yeah, absolutely. And they were just just having a having a chat with um, uh, incredible stuff. Up next, we're chatting with more big names. International male model, the face of Dolce and Gabbana, David Gandhi. He drove his gorgeous Jaguar XK120, and you're also going to be hearing from renowned classic car broker Simon Kidston, who brought, let's just say, UFO. The, to, to the rally, his famous 1977 Lamborghini Contash LP400. And if you just tuned in, this is Motormania. We've been sharing our Millimilia experience with Noel Ebden uh, with me in the studio, my partner in crime for the last five days. And we're back here in the studio. We're going to catch up with all that straight after this. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. Yes, welcome back to Motor Mania. I'm Damien Reed, and uh, joining me in the studio is uh, 
Well, we're, we're, we're not only Team Motormania this weekend, we're also Team Millie Millia, Noel Ebden in the studio. Uh, we're just talking about how the, the recovery period it now takes to get over after doing 1,600 kilometres of driving. Yeah, absolutely. It does take a while. to. It's actually taken me a few days to readjust because after spending that many days driving and navigating and like, taking it all in, to then come back to a kind of normal life, I suppose. And it sounds, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy to everybody, but it does. It's, um, you know, it takes a bit of a while to readjust your brain and get back to normal. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, a few people were like that. One of them was uh, was male model, car enthusiast, the face of Dolce & Gabbana, David Gandhi, who was uh, driving his beautiful XK120 Jaguar. Let's have a listen to uh, his thoughts. Had a magnificent uh, three days. The car's held up well. More importantly, the passengers have held up well in this heat. We're English. We don't get to see its heat that much, so uh, we're, we're taking advantage of it, really. You've got a fantastic interest in, uh, in cars and motoring. How did that come about? Really don't know. It's, it, wasn't, it was just a... A natural thing from somewhere. None of my family are particularly into cars. Uh, didn't have uncles or granddads. My granddad was an incredible engineer, but wasn't into cars. So, um, yeah, it came from nowhere. I was never, never without a car magazine. I was always in my go-kart when I was younger, and that just continued. And any way I can feel that passion, which has gone from sort of working for Auto Express magazine between school and university to uh, writing about cars for magazines, and of course then renovating cars, restoring cars, and now kind of racing them. It just fuels a passion, I suppose. And that's the thing a lot of people don't know. I mean, everyone knows you as the, the face of Dolce & Gabbana. You're very successful with your modelling career, but uh, you, you actually started out as a as one of us, as a motoring journalist, where did the transition happen? I would never call myself a journalist, I mean, you haven't read, read anything I've, I've written. It's easy to read, you know, easy to write something you're passionate about, and um, the car brands and, and uh, the magazines liked that I had a big reach, and it was an audience of, you know, sort of 50-50 between male and female, and um, of course, when you're, you're, most people writing about cars, it's going to be quite car passionate, and the majority is going to be, you know, the demographic is going to be men that are, that are reading what you're writing so um, it appeals to, to everyone really and I writing a way that isn't too technical so it's attainable for everyone to read and there's always so it's, it's usually based around humor of something you know some sort and people seem to like it so I find it very difficult where it would take you probably 20 minutes to write an article it takes me about two weeks but, but I get there in the end believe me it takes, it takes me longer brain fog hits everyone man doesn't matter how, <laughs> how good or bad you are that's good to know mate that's good to know. <laughs> now you uh, finally you, you actually did the uh, the Italian Mille Miglia yeah. with, uh, with, the, with the Jaguars as well yeah. how does this relate now you're a couple of days into it I mean I think the essence of the passion is still there you, you everyone gets to see the cars you know Italy's had a little bit of it, it's, it's a mad car passionate country and of course we're, you know, the, the Mille Mille has only just started here so I think it'll become bigger and bigger um, we're seeing the crowds getting bigger and bigger we're coming to Dubai and there's even more people so yeah it's the, I think the same passion is, is in the UAE as it, as it is in Italy um, but Italy is just a very unique country in itself and a very unique sort of car passion so that's going to be very hard to rival but uh, it's done the organisers here um, for the mill have done an incredible job the organisation is astounding like everything has been thought of so it makes it a little bit easier actually as a driver uh, and a competitor because actually you're, you're less worried about the organisation which in Italy with 400 cars and all the spectators and finding hotels and places to eat and everything, and everything else it's a lot more responsibility on you where here it's a little bit more relaxed and a little bit easier and well organised yeah, David Gandhi, the face of Dolce & Gabbana, and uh, 
a fantastic classic car enthusiast. Uh, it was so good to see these guys, you know, making the effort to fly out and, and yeah. tape up and bring their cars with them. And his car was stunning as well. I mean, that, the paintwork on it, I mean, there was not a fault on that car. I mean, it was yeah. perfect. Um, I don't know if you noticed, uh, I don't know if you were still in the car at that point, but um, uh, when we drove around the boulevard, there was actually a, uh, a big sign with him on it. It was yeah. a Dolce & Gabbana yes. ad. And I was like, I wonder if he noticed as he drove past. A little yeah. embarrassing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, as I was saying, you know, great to get these guys flying in from all around the world. Um, and that shows the, the, the importance that they give this event. And one of the guys is a, a name that everyone in the classic car world knows, a guy called Simon Kidston. He's a classic car dealer, a collector, a commentator, and a journalist. He brokered the deal that we talked about with Sotheby's a few, uh, a few weeks ago, RM Sotheby's, about the Uhlenhardt Mercedes, $26 million or whatever it was. He, he's probably the biggest international dealer in blue chip collector cars, and he brought out his 1977 Lamborghini Contage LP400. Um, it was one of the classic cars that took part in the rally. So, of course... On day three, we had a chance to uh, to catch up and hear from uh, Simon Kidston. So we're down here at the checkpoint at Flat 12 Cafe. We've got the uh, the traditional Arabic singers and dancers going on. So I'm here with Simon Kidston. Simon, you were just with them. Uh, they're celebrating your beautiful contours that you've brought over. Uh, were you expecting this at all? I don't think my car has ever been serenaded before in its life, much by the Arab version of Elvis. But it's incredibly cool and I'm absolutely flattered. I think the designers of the car, if they were here, they just wouldn't believe it. You're a great broker in, in, in a lot of cars. You know the classic car industry so well. I fell in love with an Instagram post you put up recently of the Hart Mercedes taking off down, down the road, that beautiful Desmodronic 8-cylinder servitor. great, that car? I mean, there's nothing else that sounds like it. I first saw a 300 SLR, more to the point, heard it on the Millimilia retrospective. I think it was in 1987, and my dad had taken me to see it because he, he'd been to see the original, which he'd driven down from England to watch in his gullwing. We were standing on a hill outside of Siena, and I remember it was a twisty road through the trees, and these two little Italian sports cars, Stanguilinis or Cisitalias or something, were making their way up the hill. And then all of a sudden, there was this flash of silver coming out of the woods behind them, and it gobbled up one, then it gobbled up the other, then it roared past us, and a blast of heat and sound. And I said to my dad, what the hell was that? And he said, that, Simon, was Sterling Moss and Dennis Jenkinson who, of course, were doing their route again 30, yeah, more than 30 years later. From that moment onwards, it became my favorite car. I dreamed about it. I saw it in the museum. I saw it, of course, when I was able to take part in the Millimilia myself and then later on to commentate the Millimilia. I would wave them off at the start. And I said to the director of the museum, who I got to know, if you ever even start that car, please call me. I will drive up to Germany. I just want to hear it. And if I could even sit in it, I'd be amazed. A month later, I get an email to say, Simon, how would you like to actually drive the car in Italy around Lake Garda? We prepared two routes for you, each of 60 Ks. Would you be free? I have never pressed yes and send so fast in my life. Well, i tell you what, we have very similar stories because I fell in love with that sound in the 1989 Millimilia wow. when they ran, uh, not 722, but they, uh, I saw the car run. Sterling was running the 300 SLR, but uh, my... Uh, but we did, we, I, I do know someone who was on that 87 event, show me the footage, and uh, I fell in love with it. Obviously, Jenks hasn't been with us for a long time, and Sterling, sadly, more recently. I never in my life thought that I would be involved in the sale of one of those cars. And although the Uhlenhaut Coupes, because of course there are two, never race, to me they're even more beautiful than the standard open car. And they have even more, in a way, even more mi mystique. 
Of course, 722 is probably the greatest racing car ever built, and I, I think it's safe to say that car is part of Mercedes's DNA and will never leave the family. But the sale of the car this year was the result of a very long and very, very pleasant, but nonetheless very drawn out discussion with Mercedes-Benz. If you'd said to me even two years ago, did I ever think that that car would be sold? I would have said, you're, you're joking, you, not in a million years. You can never say never, timing is everything. I think Mercedes-Benz were ready to send a statement to the world, particularly as they now want to return to their position as the luxury motoring brand. They wanted to send a statement and Ferrari, which, which we all love of course, has been at the top of the tree for a very long time. This was their, their chance to send a message to say, all these other cars are interesting, but Mercedes is at number one. And it's well, all well and good to say, well, it might be worth this or it might be worth that. But to actually say, we're going to put it on the market and we're going to show you that it really is worth that, or even more, is undeniable. And I think it was one of those rare situations where I hope everybody was pleased with the outcome. I'm, I'm sure Mercedes are. The, the buyer is over the moon. For the buyer, it's, it really is a dream come true. And this is not somebody who's just a a casual speculator. This is somebody who's read every single book on the subject. So believe you me, it's going to a good home. Now, now tell me about this event you, and tell me about the, the, the Periscope Contage you have here. UFO, it's a famous car we've seen in many publications and, and it's uh, so good to see it here. But uh, how has it been driving that around the, around the deserts here? Well, you know, I asked myself when Martin Halder, the organiser, um, invited me along, said, would I, would I like to come? I thought, OK, what's the least practical car that I own that I could possibly bring to this event? I took my Mura to Marrakesh, uh, to Morocco, uh, about a month and a half ago now. We organised a, a Mura tour, which we do every five years, and we thought we'd go somewhere a bit more challenging. The last one was in Spain, which was fantastic, but this time we thought, well, let's go somewhere that almost nobody has been before with these cars. Certainly, Morocco has never seen 15 Muras driving through the countryside. None of the cars overheated, although two of them did catch fire, but that's another story. But of the 15, after over a 1,000 kilometers, 13 finished and the only two that didn't one had an electronic ignition that was mounted in australia that uh, they couldn't fix and the other one the carburetor fire basically burnt a plastic part that we couldn't replace but the other car that had a small carburetor fire was was running again in a couple of hours time the idea of taking beautiful cars to uncommon places appeals to me I love all the car shows that I think we all go to, whether it's Pebble Beach or Villa d'Este, which I've had a long uh, association with. But the chance to sort of push the envelope, and I'm not suggesting for a second that we can write new pages in these cars' history, because like molten metal, that is forged early in their lives. But the chance nonetheless to contribute in our own small way to their history and to, and to do something different with the car and allow people who might not otherwise have seen it or be able to see it in the future, I think is an opportunity that no owner of, of classic cars, no matter what their value or rarity, should pass up. I don't think a car like that has ever driven through the desert, through the little villages, up the mountains and so on that most people don't even know exist in Dubai. The reception has been really warm. It's been really enthusiastic. It's been across all generations. I've seen kids aged five asking to sit in it and I've gave a, a ride yesterday to the local policeman who's a bit older than five to see the smile on their faces and they all want to know what year it, is it and what model is it and so on i think it's great it's like sort of spread as we all do here spreading the gospel for classic cars because one day all the young people who push their noses up against the windows will be the owners of these cars so we want them to appreciate them to understand them 
and hopefully to create that spark of uh, desire that means that one day they will they will be their custodians. Yeah, and uh, Noel, I mean, how good has it been? Yeah, we've been out there in the the Ferrari and the Jaguar as well earlier on, um, seeing seeing the periscope just running through the desert like that. It's just a, just a, it, the number plate is so apt. It is a UFO in the, in that environment, right? Absolutely. And we were lucky enough to be in an underpass as you went through there the other day. Um, and uh, that was quite epic, wasn't it? And that was quite something. Um, but we're showcasing really the fact that Dubai is more than just a big city full of skyscrapers. There yeah. are those back roads and those areas that you can go to and have a good look and you know and, and great roads i mean yesterday up to the mountains was um you know exactly. stunning i mean yeah and seeing that car that purple countess going through the mountains was that was something else very good the roads chosen have been great although i will say the man who makes speed bumps must be the richest man in this country <laughs> everywhere it's the hospital- UAE national symbol <laughs> you're, not, you're not kidding <laughs> Yeah, fantastic chat there with Simon Kinston, classic car dealer, collector, commentator and journalist. I'm Damien Reid, joined in the studio by Noel Ebden. More classic car chats coming up in just a few moments. This is Motormania. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. Yes, welcome back. This is, we've changed the name of the show for this morning. It's Team Motormania because I'm joined by Noel Ebden, uh, my driver. I was the co-driver in the Mille Mille experience and uh, what a sensational event, Noel. A hundred cars from all around the world. Uh, well, actually, let's make it a hundred and three because we had, we covered a few. <laughs> yeah, we kind of burned through our, uh, what we, yeah, uh, yeah. It was but interesting. I, I have to say, your trusty 348 TS came through and it just drove faultlessly. Yep. Yep. Absolutely flawlessly. Yeah, and uh, I think I was, I was telling you earlier when we were off air that uh, the um, that clip of going through the tunnel is uh, I've had about seven thousand <laughs> views on it. It's gone a bit. Uh, I've gone slightly viral. Let's have you gone viral? I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, wait, is seven thousand viral? I don't I'm, think it is I'm these not days. Sure. But, uh, I need to work out how to make one public. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I only found that out the other day, and that's why it's gone crazy. But uh, yeah, no, it didn't put a foot wrong. And Simon Kidston um, praised the colour and the spec of that car. Yeah, um, but this is the thing. This is what I find with classic cars is that they go through a dip and then they start climbing again mm. and the 348 is climbing again now because people are sort of seeing it and going okay the number of people on the rally who went oh you guys are in the blue ferrari like it mm. love it yeah it yep. sounded good with the 2b exhaust yeah, uh, yeah it looked the part and i had two offers on the car as well on the rally hey, amazing. two different yeah two different people approached me about buying it so uh, yeah interesting incredible stuff um Yep, seven Emirates from Dubai to Fajero. We ended up in, in in Abu Dhabi, Emirates Palace. The most enthusiastic classic car drivers descending uh, on the UAE for this one. Uh, we were there for, well, you were there for the whole lot. I had to bail after day three you because left of me. work commitments oh. to set up for Motormania and get ready. Um, but here's how we wrapped up, and uh, the Shanjado is joining us, even if it is via this. And we're down here at Russell Hammer and uh, what an amazing event. We've got the Motomania boys together here. Emma Shangiato has done a sensational job with the organisational skills and uh, my co-driver, Noel Ebden, in his own Ferrari, our story in itself. Uh, fantastic. Emma Shan, firstly, congratulations on, I have to say it, man, you've actually pulled this together sensationally well. Stressful times, but it's coming together. Oh, you know, a good event makes it all worthwhile. I think a kind of event like this, which nobody has seen before, has been such a fun puzzle to put together. And I'm really proud of everybody that came and supported us. And especially, most of all, the participants who are just year to year grinning. 
like Cheshire cats. Including me. The camaraderie that's come out of this, and you've got number plates from, from Italy and, and Germany and India and all around the world coming together, but everyone's here for the same common thing of classic cars, and it's just been a sensational event. Well, a lot of these folks with these beautiful classic cars have really a desire to put them to the test, but nowhere to do it. Now I think we've finally given them a destination right here in the Emirates that is absolutely top-notch. And over the last two days, they've just done some of the most interesting and sometimes stressful rallying ever. I don't mean stress in a negative way. Old cars are, shall we say, whimsical in their moods, and I think they've got to the end of the road almost all intact. But that's the thing, old cars do old car things, and, and that's what makes this event what it is. It's not a new car event, it's an old car event. Things happen, you have to improvise, and and you have to think ahead and, and plan ahead. Drive according to the conditions, Noel. I mean, driving today, uh, rough roads and speed humps and everything else, but you drive according to the conditions and you get the satisfaction. Absolutely. And you got to, you watch the gauges the whole time as well. These cars are old, you know. Even my car's nearly, well, it's 30 years old next year. You know, you've got to keep an eye on them. You've got to go slow over speed bumps. What I thought was really interesting was that you can do a rally like this and actually you're not driving fast. People think the word rally, they straight away think, oh, you know, you're going faster than the rest. We're not. Actually, these are old cars. We're, we're you know, we're, we're observing the law we're not going crazy you know we're, we're enjoying ourselves but yeah. you can do that in old cars normal speeds and it's great what a crazy couple of days we've had we've, we've we started off with the corvette we then went to the jaguar e-type and your trusty ferrari brought us through to the end of the day to the top of jebel jace yeah. back down again yeah. uh Hawthorne, and uh and here we are at russell Hammer. Yeah. Uh, don't forget the laundry van that i ended up in at one point so the, the laundry van from thanks to all the guys from the hatter hotel for giving yes. us a complimentary laundry <laughs> van to to let, uh, now noel to go back to pick up his ferrari back in dubai these all the these rallies and events they're all about having an adventure if nothing went wrong or nothing was uh, you know went slightly off off track then you know it wouldn't be as interesting we've had a really good fun time we've got a really good story to come out of it as well and uh, yeah i, I mean I'd, I'd do it again tomorrow quite happily yeah i might have a shower first but don't, well, i'm definitely going to do it again but we both need a shower first <laughs> absolutely yeah hot sweaty dusty but a whole lot of fun um, yeah. covering a lot of ground and uh, and this it's, it's a great way to get into, into into motorsport if you don't want to do track stuff as well it's not it's not fast but it is fun yeah absolutely and it's uh it was so it was relaxed as well it's not i mean you know as, as we've both raced cars as well and uh, you know it's quite intense when you go to a racetrack yeah and this was the complete opposite this was lots of coffee lots of chat and, <laughs> yeah my, my car needs a good clean it's now filthy but the catering uh, yeah. was fantastic yeah uh, a couple of text messages have just come in too uh i was just doing the same in random tunnels in my 458 ferrari upgraded the ferrari exhaust too much fun thanks for for that one <laughs> and finn also texted in great show i googled the cars that i don't know the mm sounded fun from finn uh finn get yourself down there and do it next year i promise you you will have loads of fun thank you noel thanks for the last week it's been fantastic yep thanks to him the shangiado for putting it all together this is motor mania with damian reed on dubai i 103.8 the uae's number one talk radio station right now it's time for fix it or flip it so tell us about your car and we'll tell you how much it's worth. This is how it works. It's easy. We need as much details as we can from you. We need the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage. Send them to 4001 or via the ARN player. But, of course, it's not me that's, uh, that's crunching the numbers and giving you all that expert advice. It is automotive entrepreneur Naz Chowdhury who joins me in the studio once again. Good morning, Naz. Good morning. Thank you for having me back. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, busy couple of weeks. What have, what have you been up to the last uh, the last few days? So I was actually in the UK and I just got back yesterday again. So, yeah, it's been uh, yeah, enjoying the cold over there and now back to this beautiful weather. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's actually gotten cold in the last 24 hours here. Uh, I 
see the clouds outside. I, I think we might be in for a bit of rain, maybe. Damien, we're spoiled. I oh, know we are, aren't we? It's, it's chilly at 20 something degrees. Now, we're nearly wrapping up uh, 2022 for, uh, I mean, it's been a, another crazy year in the automotive world from car prices to new cars launching. Um, still some instability with the microchips and supply and everything else. Is this now a good time to, to buy and sell a car or, or sit on what you've got from, from your experience? I think things are things are starting to stabilize somewhat with the whole uh, chip scenario. I mean, there are a few other things that have come into play now. Of course, the interest rates have gone up. So buying a new car, you know, long term on finance over a few years, you will see that impact. Um, in the more short term, we've seen the automotive industry slow down, surprisingly. I mean, on one hand, with the shows and the exhibitions, there's a lot going on. Uh, but in terms of transactions, people actually buying and selling, it really has slowed down in the past 7 to 14 days. I think it's just a combination of the World Cup, the football, the nice weather, people getting out, the shows, the events, uh, the breakup for Christmas holidays now. So it has actually slowed down quite a little bit. But this generally happens this time of year. Of course, we know UAE is very seasonal, and I'm assuming that everything's going to go back up to normal post-Christmas, really, post-New Year. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is a city of peaks and troughs. That's yeah, for sure. With, with everything, whether it be events or what I was just saying before to our producer Zena Zelamea, we've we've done thirteen events in the last fourteen days. When you look back at Icons of Porsche, the the, the historic racing at the Autodrome, we had Formula E launch in Spain, which I'll touch on uh, later on as well, um, and uh, and the Mila Milia, and that's just in the last you know fourteen days. It's everything happens at one time, and 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 that also reflects with the car buying scene. Yeah, honestly, and I think that's. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, if you take take it back ten years in the UAE, um, you wouldn't see half as much in terms of events and things that go on. So you know, UAE have really stepped up and gone a long way. Um, in all honesty, I think we're spoiled for choice. Just a couple of weeks ago, oh, ago it was like Gulf Historic or Icon or both. And you know, yeah. these are two exceptional events, both happening over the same weekend. I've completely forgotten one them. after the other. It's incredible, yeah. isn't it? I've completely we're forgotten spoiled. about the, uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. That that seems like an eternity ago of now. Course, that was three yeah, weeks it ago. It does, doesn't it? Absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's quick kick things off quickly with a question. Um, no name on this one. Um, don't forget, if you do text in, please give us your name. We'd love to uh, to, to put a name to it so we can uh, we can address you personally. But this one, uh, we discussed a similar one last time. It's uh, a Hummer 2007, a H2 truck, yellow Hummer, 172,000 kilometres, no bumps, and uh, executive packs, TVs in the rear, etc. And then, oh, we've got callers coming through already. So let, let's get this one through quickly, uh, uh, regarding the Hummer, sorry, I, I can't see it come up on the screen. Is it, uh, it, uh, does it, it say anything a, about US spec or GCC? Because no. a lot of them were imported. It just says H2, uh, 172,000 kilometers. I'd say around fifty-five to 60,000 dirhams. Although, the, like, I'd hold on to that because I don't think that's going to depreciate anytime soon, in all honesty. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Right, so let's go straight to the lines. And uh, good morning, Clint. You're the first one through. Good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well. Uh, tell us what you what you've got to, with with your car wise. Yeah, I've got a uh, 2015 Audi Q7, uh, deep blue. Um, it's done about 153 k's. Um, just looking to sell it, uh, upgrade to a, a newer model. Just wondering what we might get for it. Okay. What what uh, what engine uh, is it powered by? Do you know? It's, uh, I think it's the 4.6. Okay. Oh, is that right? Yeah, 4.2. Yeah, 4.2. Morning, Clint. 4.2. How are you? 
Yes, yeah, so, good, good. Thank you. So they come in two variants. It's the uh, it's the three point two or the four point two. And the easiest way to work out is whether it's a v, whether it's a V six or a V eight. I'm assuming it's the V eight, which makes it the four point two. Uh, may I ask him? Is yeah. it the S line? No, it's not. It's not the S line. Okay. And how's the service history? Have you been maintaining it well and on time? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, I've just got it out of the shop this morning. Okay, after great. A regular service. Um, you know what? They they are actually great cars. It's sad that the 2015 is the last of the old shape, so it has aged quite a bit. Um, but having said that, it is a seven seater, and there's always demand for seven seaters. Um, in terms of pricing, Clint, I'd say around fifty to fifty-five thousand dirham in, in today's market. It's a lovely color. It's a seven seater. It's got lots of good things going for it. Uh, somewhere around there. I don't know what you think about that. Oh, no, that works out fine. Um, thought it might have been a little less, but uh, that's that's a nice start for the day. Yeah, there's not many seven-seaters, um, German premium seven-seaters at that range. So if you're looking at, you know, a 10, you know, seven, eight-year-old car, you've got this, you've got the Q7, you've got the GL, and they're all priced in the similar price range. Terrific. Thank you very much. No problem. No worries, pleasure. Have a, have a great day. And you too. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, so there's Clint uh, giving us, uh, giving him some advice on his uh, Audi Q7. And uh, don't be afraid, give us a call. 04871 5500 is the number. Uh, now, we've got another text message here. This one's from Chris, and uh, we're talking classic cars today, so it's quite fitting. Chris says, we have imported our MGB GT in British Racing Green. 20,000 miles on the new engine. What should I expect to get it? Uh, get it? I want to uh, to sell it here. Um don't so, you have one of these, Damien? I used to have an early one. I had a, t- uh, uh, a TC. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the G- the MB- MBG- MGB GT, I'll get that right, um, is, uh, was introduced, I think, about 1967 or thereabouts, carried through to the to the early 1970s. 65 to 64. 60, sorry. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Not far <laughs> off, the, off, off the top of my very foggy head this morning. Um, I watched the football last night. Uh, so, yes. And... Um, so therefore, yes, uh, they made a lot of them, big numbers for for, for that car. Yeah. So uh, they 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 held low ground for a long time, but they've now, like all classic cars, they're starting to go to go northwards. But then there's not many here in this region. I can't remember the last time I've seen one on the roads. To be honest, you no. see them in the odd show parked up, but I don't th- actually think I've seen one moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another issue. Um, I think that we saw. I think there's one or two literally in the in I saw one in uh, a cream one in a showroom here last week or nice. o- online okay. anyway yeah so based on that it's a tough one we we talked about the MGB last time actually and it's a really tough one to to value I don't know about you Naz but I'd I'd be sort of just roughly ballpark figure sort of 50 to 70 or no no higher than 50 say say 60 to, to 80,000 dirhams I guess yeah I mean look with the classic cars it's it's we really need more and more information because yeah, if it's a non-starting car or it's got lots of rust and no documentation and no service history and it needs you know quite a bit of money to put right, it could be as low as twenty twenty five thousand dollars. It's exactly right. With classic cars, you never know and, the and provenance. I'm not, and, and, and I'm not trying to cover myself here, but if it was a fully restored with all the right documentation, completely original, unmarked, some nice provenance. Uh, it could go up to 100,000 dirhams and yeah. anywhere in the middle. So I'm assuming you're just taking the average of both numbers, really. But with the classic cars, it really does depend on so many, so many things. 
Um, but like you said, you know, an average running condition, partial service history car is exactly what you said, around 60,000, 70,000 dirhams. Yeah, there you go. And, yeah. and also for a car like that, too, you, you're, you're not looking at just the UAE market or the Dubai market. You're looking at, at an international market. So if you go to, say, a price guide like Hagerty's or something, that gives you a global estimate. Yeah, and there might yeah. be someone from the UK who will say, oh, I want to bring that back. Or it might be someone from South Africa or if it's a right-hand drive car, for instance. So the market for these kind of cars is is bigger than just our region. So therefore, it might actually pump it up a bit. Yeah, as, as with all classic cars, I mean, you'd be surprised that the left-hand drive, right-hand drive thing doesn't really have that much of an impact. Mm. Uh, there's a market for both sides. And uh, because some of these classic cars, not necessarily the MGB GT is an example, but some of the rarer and more classic cars like a Lamborghini Murcielago or, or something a bit rarer, um, it's an international market. So it's, That's it. it's priced internationally. You know, we've seen so many of these modern cars um, and you see them in Dubai and they're like, whoa, it's so much cheaper here than in Europe. And, you know, there's yeah. always a huge price difference between between cars over here. Except the classic cars, you know, it's the international market that mm. defines the price now, not the local regional market as with more modern and new cars. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, Naz, you know, look, the market is now with online trading, it's global, isn't it? I mean, you can you can buy a car on all these sites, whether it be collector's cars or bring a trailer, all these sites that are around, and then you just factor in the transport costs. Yeah, and UAE is a good place for that as well in terms of importation because with a lot, like you said, collecting cars and there's many other great websites out yeah, there as well. Yeah, there's a lot out there now. And, and auctions and I think even Car and Classic in the UK, mm. who's historically been a classic car classified site, is actually running auctions now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like everyone's trying to tap into this market. Um, the thing that everyone needs to consider is how much tax, customs and shipping you're going to pay. Now, being in the UAE, importing a car is very, very straightforward. It's, mm. in fact, one of the easiest countries. Like, when it comes to bringing a car in from abroad, um, as long as you've got the title or the, the ownership documents for the car, it's very simply 5% duty, 5% VAT, and it can be cleared through customs in 48 hours. And honestly, really? yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, I've, I've imported cars into the UK, into Germany, into here, into there. And the amount of paperwork you have to go through, documentation you have to go through with here, it's very, very straightforward. So it's, yeah, there's a lot of choice out there. It's an yeah. international market. Get, guys, get out, get on the auctions, and let's get some more classic cars into yeah. Dubai, you know? <laughs> Does, actually, it's a good question. Does that vary depending on whether you decide to import the car from, from Europe, the UK, or the United States? No. It's, it's, the, it's the same pretty much. So it's the same pretty much throughout, 5% tax and 5% duty, mm. uh, 5% customs. Uh, the only time it differs is, if the car is less than five years old and it's coming in from within the GCC and yeah. you have the original VAT paper, I think in Arabic it's called Makasa. Mm. Uh, if you have that original document and you bring it in from the GCC, then you don't actually pay the 5%. Okay. So okay. it actually gets better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, any other country, the same rules apply. Um, again, before you guys go out on the auctions and start buying cars internationally, just always pre-check the shipping costs. Yes. A lot of the classified sites, a lot of the companies, they won't actually factor in the pricing for you. So you'd buy it and you'd be like, oh, I bought a great car, it's a great deal, but it's in Hawaii, right? How do I get it here? And yeah. that's another long story. So always check in advance. There's a lot of good shipping companies out there. Uh, in Jebel Ali, there's a lot of companies that specialize in in uh, importing cars as well. Mm. So get your quotes in before you start bidding. Absolutely. Good good advice, especially with the price of shipping right now. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it varies a lot. Fix it or flip it. 
tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth. And this is how it works. We, we need the make, the model, the colour, the year, the mileage, all the informa- information that you can possibly gather for us. Send them to 4001 or via the ARM player. And Naz Chowdhury and myself are here live in the Dubai studio, ready to take your calls. And it does get a little bit busy, so uh, don't forget to uh, to get onto that one. Now, we're going straight to the to the lines now. We've got uh, Jonathan. Um, good morning, Jonathan. I think we tapped a nerve talking about shipping just before the break. Tell us <laughs> tell us about your story. Yeah, morning, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we morning. can hear you for sure. Uh, great. Uh, so I was looking at um, making some poor financial decisions on auction sites in the US. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't uh, be the uh, first time for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, but it's okay. Don't tell my wife. Um, so the, I was looking at Auto Bidmaster, and they take care of everything for you, and that's great. But if you buy something on Bring a Trailer or, or Copart, you're on your own. And I hear horror stories. It's like the price to like 3x what Auto Bidmaster would be able to achieve. So like, how do you, if I find a great deal, where do I go? How do I approach this? So, um, of course, it's important to pre-plan your shipping company. Now, in this particular case, what I'd recommend first and foremost is always use a shipping company at source, not at destination. I know that sounds funny, but if you were to import a car from Texas, for example, you'd want to look at using a Texas shipping company. So, because when it actually comes to destination, they'll just give it to one of their clearing houses that will get it through on the other side. But really, you want to make sure the right person is loading the car, preparing the documentation for the car. And there's 50 odd states. It really depends on which state you're buying a car from. Now, having said that, Jonathan, in regards to your 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 purchasing decisions or your sources, if I'm not mistaken, Auto Bidmaster is is just um, a site that brings all different bids together from all different companies. So you'll see co-part cars on there. You'll see many other auction parts on there. And there's a lot of automation going on. The prices may not be that accurate online. Um, if you know, if you're looking for a genuine car from a, a genuine seller, hopefully, um, I'd say bring a trailer. You know, they, they target the consumer market, so you've got a lot of interesting cars on there. Uh, but again, you know, you've got plenty of time. I think the auctions run for seven or ten days, right? So, um, if you know where it is, let's say in Florida, just a quick Google search using reviews to find a good shipping company in Florida. Call them beforehand, tell them what you're doing, and uh, you can get some prices from there. Copart used to ship cars, actually, but what happened since the, the, the COVID scenario is they stopped because shipping price volatility was, like, ridiculous. Like, it would go up down $1,000, like, every other week. So they actually just said, you know what, guys, you're on your own. They helped us out for so many years, Copart. I bought many, many cars off them. Uh, but the okay. prices are just so volatile right now. Okay, so cause one thing I did notice was if you were if you, on Copart, or, sorry, Auto Bidmaster, if you were buying from the... If you're buying from the East Coast, it would be 1500 $1,800, something like that. And if you're buying from the West Coast, you're talking $2,500 because you have to ship it across the continent. Do you think if you, like, if, okay, so if I go and find a, a shipper from Source, um, those prices are fairly fairly accurate, or do you think it would be way more if I do it outside of Auto Bidmaster? It would probably cost you a little bit more. You have to think with Bidmaster's economies of scale because they're just pushing so much volume to the shipping companies. Uh, But at the same time, they have to take their margin as well, right? But let me tell you one thing, Jonathan, depending on the price of the car, um, I've seen some like really, really bad stuff, like when they load five cars in a container on top of each other and things like that. Um, So just remember, like, honestly, you get what you pay for. Um, Sometimes you'd get quoted three, four, three, four, five hundred dollars more, which may be like, okay, well, it's cheaper somewhere else. 
but always ask how are they loading them you know there's two conventional okay. ways of shipping a car it's either what they call roll on roll off where it just literally rolls onto the ship and then rolls off on this side or it goes onto a container and if it goes into a 40 foot container you can either put two cars side by side i mean you know one bumper to bumper or put three yeah. in and in order to bring the cost down they actually put them on top of each other uh, which you don't want so sometimes for the sake of okay. five six hundred dollars more you don't want five cars in a container so that's definitely a question worth asking the shipping companies Great. I, was, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. That's really helpful. Absolute pleasure, Jonathan. All the best of the purchase. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, guys. Good luck. Good luck, Jonathan. Um, on, on that point, Naz, what about like global companies that have offices in various places around the world? You, you say use a, use a local one at, at source, but what if it's a company that has an office in Dubai, also has an office in, in, in LA and New York and I mean, is it worth paying a bit more for for one of those, or, or still going to a, to a local uh, company in the, in, at the source? Yes, yeah, so they're generally rep, representative offices, rep offices. So mm. they they would take care of the paperwork on both sides, and they are the best case scenario. So um, you know, one thing that I forgot to mention, Jonathan, is an, a good example would be car shipping. You know, they, yeah. they work out of uh, one of the ports in London. Uh, they have a representative office here in Dubai. In uh, and Jablali, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if they've got representative offices in the U.S. and things like that. So, you know, one phone call to them, tell them where you're picking up the car from, where you want to buy it from, and they'll go and do all the, all the uh, running around for you. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, uh, we've had a few questions coming in during the break for about that, so I hope that's answered a, a few questions. Uh, back to the cars. Another text message here from Ian, and he has a Porsche Macan white 2017 model, 44,000 kilometres. Uh, again, don't know the uh, which 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 powertrain it is. Um, Actually, we do. He sent another message. Oh, yes? can S. Oh, there we go. Can <laughs> S. You're on top of it. Thank Fantastic. you for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Great cars. You know, I saw these dip a couple of years ago. If you if you had asked me about this car a year year and a half ago, I would have said one thirty, one thirty five. But they mm. seem to have really gone back up again. And I don't know about you, but. Damien, they're really nice cars. They are there. outstanding. They I had one for a couple of weeks in back in Australia last year. You know, loved it's, it. It's that I, I did say Tiguan Q5 esque yeah. platform, uh, but Porsche have really got it right. You know, it drives like a Carrera. You know, it looks like a Porsche, drives like a Porsche. Yeah, it really yeah. is a lovely car. Uh, in terms of pricing, I'd say today. 150, 155, even 160. Look, the kilometers are really in your favor, which is a good thing. Um, it just depends on the spec. You know, with Porsche, it's like a, it's like a menu, isn't it? So it depends how you spec it out. Does it have Chrono? Does it have Sports Pack? Does it have the big wheels and things like that? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an endless configuration with Porsche on exactly. all the options <laughs> as to what you want. Uh, right. So let's go to, uh, to 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 Sarah on the line. Uh, good morning, good morning, Sarah. Hi, morning, guys. Good morning. So, just quickly, you've got a uh, 2013 Ford Explorer, 284,000 yep. kilometres, agency maintained, yep. uh, and you're looking to sell it, yeah? Yep. Okay, uh, Naz, what do you think? That's a lot of miles, though, 284,000 kilometres. Yeah, hey. it's a lot. Hey, Sarah, can I ask what, what option spec is it, please? Uh, it's the one down, actually. It's not the full option. Okay. It's just the one down, yeah. And is it GCC? Yeah, GCC. It's it's bought from the uh, showroom. So I think the one, one I think the top is XLT. So this should be the XL. Uh, I'd say around twenty twenty. Uh, this, this is the limited, yeah. Limited, okay. I'd say around twenty five to twenty eight thousand dirhams. You know, still great cars, still seven seater. Yeah, it, uh, I don't it, think it'd it take too amazing. long to sell that. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, it's amazing. Uh, also, I just wanted to ask you guys, uh, like, uh, I'm looking for an electric car, like, like a seven-seater electric car. I'm just finding it really difficult to get one uh, here. Uh, I don't think there's many options, right? There is seven-seater. No, there's not many options at all for a seven-seater yeah, electric yeah. car. You might have to sit yeah. on that one for a, for a year or so and uh, <laughs> see see what the manufacturers pop out. Maybe MG might be the next one out. MG, okay. And any idea when it's coming out? No idea just yet, but uh, but 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 stick around. We'll, we'll we'll certainly let you know as soon as soon as we know. <laughs> okay. And All right. What about a, a five seater SUV uh, uh, electric? Yes. What do you suggest? Same thing. Um, maybe maybe the MG uh, RX was it RX eight? I think perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. The RX eight. Yep. All right. Look. Uh, We've got to go quickly yeah. to the ads, so uh, thank you very much, Sarah, and uh, all the best okay, with that one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Fix it or flip it. So tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth. This is what we need from you. We need to make. We need the model. We need the year, the colour, the mileage. Send them to 4001 or via the RM Play app. Naz Chowdhury and myself are live in the studio, ready to take your call. And uh, we would love to have a chat. In fact, we're just going now to the line. I can make this one fit. And we've got... Robert on the line. Good morning, Robert. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you today? Very good. good thanks. Very good. Now you've uh, you've got an interesting question here about uh, electric vehicles. Tell, tell far away. Yeah, look, I've been looking to. I've got a, a Volvo XC90 at the moment. It's a great car. And there's a new version of that coming out in uh, the electric version. But the reviews I've been looking at, the Kia EV6 has got just tons of great reviews. I love the look of the car, the inside. I, you know, when you look at the Tesla, it's a kind of inside, it's a big square screen, <laughs> and that's it. Um, and I'm, I'm not, truthfully, I'm not a fan of it, but the EV6, when you look at the, the way they've set it out, the dynamic, it just looks a lovely car inside. The reviews on the outside have been great as well. And, and it's a, you know, you can see it's a five-seater car. It's something of an odd car in that it's half SUV and half normal car and half something they haven't quite decided what it is. <laughs> but it's, a, it's a big car, a relatively big car, great reviews, and I, but I'm just not seeing any here in Dubai. And I just wondered if you had any thoughts yourself on the car. Mm. Um, and secondly, whether or not you've got any idea when we're likely to see it here in, in Dubai. Yeah, uh, and and I agree with you 100%. It's a great-looking car. Kia uh, are really churning out some beautiful-looking cars. They are very individual stylistic cars um, and you're right the uh, the EV6 is getting some some very good reviews in other markets um, it's not here yet I'm not sure when it's going to uh, going to land here either I've got a feeling it will be fairly expensive when it does get here but of the EVs it's right up there it's getting it's getting fantastic reviews I know with my colleagues in Australia it's just been released down there and they've done a few long distance drives with them as well ticking all the boxes there as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great one. But unfortunately, um, Naz, I, I certainly haven't seen any on the road either. But I, I, from what I'm hearing is that I'm not hearing anything about them at, at the moment. Yeah. I think, yeah. Sorry. I think yeah, you, it's, 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 it's a shame because, you know, the range is they're quoting 320 miles, I think. That's incredible. And they're mm. also saying the charging time from 20% to 80% with a, with a high-speed charger is yeah. 15 minutes. 18 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, you're really looking at a generation of car that's moving along from, you know, the historic EVs yes. where it takes a little while to something that's just getting very exciting. So, you know, it is a, it, it appears to be a great car. It's just when we're going to get it here. Yeah. Naz, what, what are your thoughts on the EV6? 
I, honestly, I think it's a great car. Like you said, the way it's been styled, uh, like Robert was saying, for me, it's a, it's a, it almost looks like an Aston Martin DBX, right? Yeah. And how yeah. much is that thing worth? It's uh, it's it's somewhere along the crossover, four by four esque, but still a five seat. And uh, Kia have really, really gone a long way in the past five, ten years. I noticed they they even changed, they rebranded their logo. Yeah. When they, they first did yeah. that around 12, 18 months ago, I was like, "What new brand is? Oh, it's a Kia!" <laughs> like, it really caught me off guard. Um, Actually, so, if you have, if you look at the branding now, it looks more like KN. Yes, yeah. it looks like KN exactly, but it's really nice. Um, now, Robert, I think this this to answer this question, it goes um, a bit more than Kia. Really, as I said at the start of the show, I was in the UK, and I just came back yesterday. And literally one in ten cars was a, was a, was an electric or hybrid vehicle, and I was seeing all these cars that are not even out yet, that have not even been discussed in the UAE. UAE, of course, we have the advantage of extremely low fuel prices here, right? So, you know, hybrids and electrics are not in demand as they would be in other parts of the world. And I think what's happened is that the main dealers and the agencies haven't imported all the specific makes and models, and yet, you know, the V6s, the V8s are still working really well. And there isn't as much demand for, 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 for electric and hybrid vehicles. Having said that, I, I haven't heard anything from Kia, so I don't think this car would come out here anytime soon. And even if it does, as Damien said, there'd be a premium on the, on the European prices. Um, if, if you did want an electric vehicle that does the job, um, the VW ID4s are also really good cars. Again, Volkswagen have not imported the cars themselves, but there's a lot of grey imports in the market which come with warranties and things like that. Have you considered any, or the Audi Q4 e-tron? But I don't know if that's out here yet either. Mm. I, I kind of look. I had a look at them, but when you look at the inside, when you look, when you think about a car, you spend much more time inside it than you do outside. And That's so right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I look at the car and I think, well, does it look okay outside? It does, actually. It looks nice. But much more importantly, what's it look like inside? Because that's where you spend all the time. Of course. The, the Volkswagen, I'm not a great lover of the, the design inside, neither am I of the Tesla. But the EV6, I think the big strong point for me is the aesthetics of the car yeah. inside. Um, as, as well as it's got a whole, you know, you'll know this, uh, there's a whole raft of charging options recharging yeah. options that's just a, it's just it seems like a very nice car. and it's funny because probably i don't know 10 years ago five years ago we'd have had a laugh about kia and yeah, now yeah, when yeah. You, look at EVs, <laughs> you can actually see wow that really is a brand that's moved a, a long 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 way so uh, the the ev is one i'm very excited about yeah, look, look, I'd say, look, hang on and wait for uh, for for that for that one to come out. Uh, in regards to Audi, I mean, there's there's been a bit of hype about it, but I, to be honest, I still I don't know of any Audi EVs running around on the roads yet. So, they're, they're, apart from the uh, the one that looks like a Taycan, sorry, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, GT. Yeah, Audi GT. But yeah, so so yeah, stick around and see see what what the Kia comes back with you uh, soon. But anyway, look, thanks very much, Robert, and um, yeah, uh, thanks, all the best with that one. No worries. Fix it or flip it. But we've got a bit more time to go, so tell us about your card. We'll tell you how much it's worth. Send it to 4001 or pick up the phone as Majid has done, and we'll go straight to Ma- Majid. Thank you for uh, for hanging on during the during the break there. Uh, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having my call. Really appreciate it. No, a pleasure. Now, you've got a couple of questions here. You have, uh, you're looking for the maximum price you should offer for two cars. Is that right? That you're looking to buy. Um, yeah, I'm... 
Yeah, I just, I'm sorry, I just not, I don't want to take too much time of uh, of, of of the busy show. So That's I'll okay. Just focus on one kind of. That's okay. I I, I have a, a Lexus 45 um, hybrid sport edition. It's a 2016 white color. Um, it is just a little bit shy of the 70,000. Always maintained with Alpha Tame. Um, no accidents. You know, no scratches. You know, original paint. Um, fully loaded. So I just wanted to know how much would that like how can I how much I can ask for it okay so that's the uh, RX 450 is that right the SUV yeah RX yes okay magic uh, um, <laughs> Naz I've got you magic <laughs> crossing the Naz um, <laughs> yeah you know what they're, they're absolutely great cars and there's not too many out there to be honest because the, the hybrid they're quite early 2016 is one of the earlier ones so you don't really see many of them advertised so it's really hard to put a price on it but from the way you describe it you know fully serviced original bodywork and things like that I'd say 140 150,000 dirhams really how, how does that sound yeah, I think uh, I was I was aiming for 150, 160. Yeah. Uh, if if we go 2017 with the price change, so from from 2016 to 2017, or it would be the same range. Ever so slightly. I mean, look, the, you can say the kilometers, the year. You know, it's an extra ten, fifteen thousand either way per 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 slab difference. So yeah, maybe 170, 175 if it was a 17 model. Uh, 19 is where it gets more interesting. Of course, then you'll see a big jump. Ah, perfect. Thank you very much. Appreciate your insight. Thanks a lot. No problem. No problem. All no worries, Major. Thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah, and and that's the thing, Naz. Now with uh, some of these uh, these Lexus and Toyota hybrids, they're starting to get old, and you've got to start thinking about the battery age as well, and factor that in if you're going to keep the car for a couple of years. Yeah, of course. But I'll tell you something interesting. I haven't come across a hybrid or electric car with a battery failure. You know, yeah. we have five okay. years, seven years. Of course, I owned a workshop for a very long time, so you know I've seen these cars come and go, mm. and I've seen Teslas with 150, 180 thousand kilometers on the clock still on the original battery. Amazing! So, and this is relatively new technology, so it's quite yeah. reassuring that going forward, I don't think we'd have these issues anymore. Well, that that, that is actually reassuring, especially in this harsh environment, and the technology is just getting better and better. So if that's yeah, the case for the older ones, yeah. Uh, we you, should be okay. You can with the rest new ones, easy right? a little bit if you've got <laughs> one of the orders. They're going straight to uh, to Riaz. Good morning, Riaz. Yeah. Hi. Good morning. How are you, Damien? Very well, thanks. Very well. Now you've got a nice car, like you've got the Porsche Cayman S 2014. Right. Tell me more about right. it. Actually, I love my car, but uh, it's time for me to upgrade. So I have really maintained my car with uh, Al Nabuda since uh, I have got the car, and uh, I have done about ninety-five thousand kilometers. And I still have the warranty on the car extended until 2023. Wow. Basically, all these years through, I have maintained with the warranty. And uh, I think when I got the car, I think it was the top of the line. I have, like, permister system inside installed and it's complete leather. So I want to upgrade, which I've been waiting for. I have booked another car, but uh, you know the Porsche are waiting. It's yeah. almost like a year. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, you got the Burmeister. So That's the sound tried. system. Yeah. Correct, um, correct. Yeah, uh, lovely car, oh. lovely car. September 23 with a warranty too. Well done. So what car, correct. what Porsche are you waiting for? I know there's a waiting list on most of the uh, turbo actually, range, the GT I, range, the electric range. I have, <laughs> I've been waiting for the GT4. Oh, uh, lovely. It's almost yeah. now about uh, nine, ten months, is it? It's nine, yeah, ten yeah. months yeah, already. I think last year I had reserved it. Now it's almost a year now. Yeah, it is, it is December already. 
So hopefully they're promising me that yes, we should get some kind of allotment, but nothing yet. They're just starting to trickle through now. I know a friend who took mm-hmm. delivery of his about a week ago, so starting to come through now. Fingers crossed, Riaz, it's not far away. But what do you think, Naz, for, for, for this Cayman S 2014? 95,400 kilometres, nice. Yeah, great car. Uh, I personally love the Cayman, by the way. I think yeah, it's so do I. such yeah. an underrated car. I mean, the yeah. handling and everything. Riaz, you've got a good car there. And obviously, he's upgrading to the GT4, so he's sticking to the Cayman uh, lineage. Correct. Um, in terms Correct. of pricing, you know, if, if you were to advertise this privately, I'd say 140, 145 uh, and, okay. and sit there, and you will find someone It is the right time of year. But having said that, right. if you are buying a new car from Porsche, there's a high right. probability that as a trade-in, mm. they're going to give you that amount anyway. Um, so there's no harm okay. in putting it online a little bit higher, trying your luck. Uh, but the day okay. that you know Porsche tell you the new vehicle's coming in, you can drive that in and say, right, what will you guys give me on this? You know, the fact that it's got the full service history, under 100,000 kilometers, very well specced okay. with the warranty. Yeah. You know, they'd be able to give you top premium on that, actually. Yeah. And, it's and, a Porsche for a Porsche, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing, Riaz. Yeah, you, you've kept it under a Nabuta warranty the whole time, so they know the history of the car inside out. They're very familiar with it. Exactly. You, you've looked after it. The kilometres are low. It's under the magic six-figure uh, uh, kilometres. So absolutely, go and have a chat with our Nabuta and see what they'll, they'll offer you, and I think you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Perfect, perfect, Nash. Thanks, thanks. That was really good advice. Right, so uh, that's about all we've uh, got time for, for uh, for Fix It or Flip It this morning. Um, that hour has flown by. Naz, um, thanks for joining us again. And, Absolute uh, pleasure. Wh- Thank you for having me. What are your plans? Have you got any uh, any car journeys coming up? Uh not really, nothing in particular. I think You're still getting a bit of jet lag from uh, yeah, from a bit of jet lag. I think this week the kids are off school, so I might pick up something from the garage and go up Jebel J. So just have a bit of uh, fun, you know, <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> yeah, we're up there this week. The weather is fantastic right now too. Uh, just be careful. It might there might be a little bit of rain out that way too uh, ah. coming this way. Watching the big I'll crowds. make it interesting with the rear wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.